And yes, God, hear the praises of your people today. Hear your people today open in total praise to you. We praise you because you are the very source of our lives. We praise you because you are our hope. We praise you because you are our rock. We praise you because you are our strength. We praise you because you are our ability to love. We praise you because you are our ability to tell the truth and to speak your justice to your world. We praise you because you are righteousness, right useness. We praise you because you are our inspiration. You are our very life. So hear the praises of your people today. Oh, you've heard the praise from our lips. You've heard our praise in song. You've heard our praise and applause and shouting. The praises of our voices. But now, oh God, hear the praise that comes from our hearts. Oh God, we're sending you praise in silence from that deepest place, the deepest place within us. We send you our praise right now. Receive our praise. Oh God, you are here. This is your moment. Free us up to truly be the community and the people you're calling us to be. A people after your own heart. We love you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Thanks to the Resurrection Metropolitan Community Church Gospel Ensemble. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> And uh, Dr. Chambers worked that Hammond today. <laughs> Amen. And Dewana giving us that rhythm and that beat. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw us off for a minute here. We're about uh, six months, a little bit more, through 2009. So here's the question I have. How are you doing on your 2009 New Year's resolution? Awesome. Awesome. All right, we've got one. <laughs> we have one who's doing fantastic on his New Year resolution. Of course, his New Year resolution was just to laugh often and loudly. So it's not like that was a difficult one for Jason. <laughs> You know, if you can even remember your New Year resolution, how are you doing on it? <laughs> you know, we oftentimes really want to make the most of our lives. We, we want to do our best. And so oftentimes we, we enter a new year or a new era in our life with great energy and great enthusiasm. We are convinced that this time, we're going to lose that weight. Or this time, we're going to walk Memorial Park three miles a day. This time, we're going to wash our car once a week. This time, we're going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and begin the day with an hour of prayer and reflection and meditation. This time, we're going to cut back on our television watching and use that time for something else. We have that determination. We are going to make it 
happen. And so we enter new projects, new jobs, new relationships with great resolve, great motivation. You know, they always look good on the first date. <laughs> first date's always pretty good in a new relationship. But then that new car smell wears off. <laughs> and uh, where do we get that resolve to follow through and to continue to do our best and to continue to make the most? How do we keep on going when the relationship or the car or the project or the job begins to get a few nicks and dings? How do we keep moving when we hit that bump or the tire goes flat? Or she wakes up in a bad mood. And you come home that night and she's still in a bad mood. And you get up the next day and it's a bad mood. And that bad mood turns into a bad month. <laughs> or longer. <laughs> Where do we get that resolve and that encouragement. After all, life is a series of seconds that becomes minutes, that become moments that add up together to create a life. What kind of life are we creating in the minutes and the moments? One cup of coffee at a time, one project at a time, one thought at a time. Where's it all leading? We have multiple choices every single day. And ultimately, those choices determine habits that determine direction, that determine the quality of our lives. Well, today our writer, the book of Ephesians, who writes in the name of Paul, gives us some ideas about how to make the most of our lives, how to keep going when you get a few nicks and dings or a few setbacks. The writer of Ephesians was writing to the church at Ephesus. And like us, they were a cosmopolitan city. They were on a trade route. And so you had all kinds of things going on, all kinds of communities and all kinds of people. There were all kinds of options and choices. This was a very early Christian community. They were just getting established. They were still figuring things out. And there were lots of threats to their determination. They were meeting in the spirit of those early disciples who with great resolve put down their fishing nets to follow Jesus. When Jesus said, follow me, they said, here we are. And it all went pretty well until they figured out what Jesus' real purpose was. And then they weren't real sure they wanted to go there. Follow me sounded real good as long as there were miracles and healings and big crowds and bread getting multiplied and fish everywhere and baskets overflowing. But when they pulled out the nails, they weren't sure they wanted to go there. The going got tough. And it wasn't just a few nicks and dings. It was actual blood. It was actual pain. It was suffering. Suffering to change the world. Suffering that was going to be healing. But they weren't sure they wanted to go there. And so there came a point where that follow me turned into back off, maybe later. The early church in Ephesus also was facing that kind of challenge. It wasn't easy being an early community with so many choices and options. And so what the writer was saying to that early community was, make the most of this moment, make the most of your life, make the most of this time, and know you're going to face some setbacks, but I'm not going to leave you alone. Here's some tools. 
that writer gives them some ideas on how to live a strong, passionate, focused life, resilient enough to face the setbacks. First thing the writer says, if you look at your scripture here, it's right off the bat with verse 15. The scripture writer says, be careful then how you live. In other words, keep paying attention. Someone or something's going to come along to throw you off. So be careful. Stay awake. Be careful how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise. And make the most of your time. So the first step in making the most of your life is, first of all, to make the most of your mind. God has given us a brain. God has given us intelligence. God has given us the ability to make choices. And so what the writer is saying, be alert, stay awake, and use your mind to the best of your ability, seeking God's help in the process. There's two points here that the writer is making about making the most of the mind. First of all, the writer says, make the most of your time. It's one of your greatest gifts. Time is the one resource that is limited in this life. So make the most of your time. Make every minute count. I just turned 49 this past Thursday. <laughs> and one thing that's becoming brutally clear is that I have less time now than when I started out. And lots of you reminded me that with some very gracious and loving 49-year birthday cards. I'm not going to share a few of them with you because it would not be a good idea. <laughs> some are not appropriate for public consumption. But one of them has a little scene from The Sound of Music, and it says, the hills are alive, and then you open it up. Glad you are too. Happy birthday. <laughs> now, the reality is, the older we get, we do need reminders from time to time that we really are alive, <laughs> especially those reminders in the morning. Um, but in looking at this card, I, I don't know, uh, putting it in my notebook to share with you, and I came across another one. And I'd forgotten I even received this card. It was a card from my father. And it said, son, you're dynamic, brilliant, intelligent, friendly, generous, thoughtful, and a year older. But then there was also this note. 22 years ago was a very special day for us. We had been concerned about you and your mom and thank God for God's hand on you both. I believe God has great things in store for you. With birthday, love. We're proud of you and love you very much, your dad. Um, it wasn't until much later in life that I learned that my mother and I almost didn't survive the day that I was born. And um, I looked at the date on this card, and this was from 1982. Those prayers, that love, that's time. Time is love, time is prayer. Time is relationship, and I honestly don't know how this ended up in my notebook. I think I was going through some boxes and found this card and wanted to save it and put it in this notebook and didn't discover it again until this week. Time. Time is ultimately relationship, and it's our love for each other. It's our love as community that will make the time have eternal value. There's so much stuff, so many things that beep and buzz and fill up space. 
But stuff isn't love. People. So the question that comes today as we use our minds and look at our time and look at all that's before us is, how much love is in our life through the time? How much time are we giving to those who really, really matter to us? So making the most of our minds is really making the most of our relationships. The writer goes on to say, try to discern the will of God. One of the greatest opportunities we have when we face a choice is to invite God into that choice. Oftentimes, what's on paper makes sense, and it makes sense to put the pros and the cons and to lay it all out and to look at it and to bring our best intelligence to it. But then to say, God, as I begin to make this choice, I want you to be a part of this. You have the inside information. You know what I don't know with my limited human capacity. God, I stand before you just open and humble, seeking your will. God, what's the next step? What's the next choice? It's making the most of our minds. Make the most of our minds, our time. We make the most of our lives and our love. Then the scripture writer goes on to show us another way to make the most of our lives. The scripture writer says, be filled with the Spirit, making music to God in your hearts. So the challenge and the call here is not simply to make the most of our minds, but also to make the most of our hearts. This is not just a call to sappy sentimentality. It's a call to seek God not only with our minds, but with our hearts, to go to that deeper place. In verse 19, you'll see this phrase, meditating on psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music to God in your hearts. The word that's used for singing here is really just used in this scripture. And it's really about singing from the inside. It's not just the vocal singing that's so much a part of our worship. It's that singing beneath the singing. It's that singing from the inside. It's really about giving voice to God from the deepest part of us. To make the most of our hearts is to go to that divine place where God speaks and gives us a voice greater than the voices around us. When we think about what pulls us out of focus, oftentimes it's the influence of those around us. Their negativity may pull us down. Their pain may suck us into their pain to get us off track. The voices around us will sometimes pull us away from our truest callings. In the life of Jesus, that happened many times. His own disciples tried to pull him away from his mission. Jesus heard a deeper and truer voice. And in fact, he said to that voice, get behind me. You're not holding me back. I know who I am, and I know where I am called to be. There are so many voices that try to sidetrack us. Voices of fear, the fear of failure. Voices that say we're not good enough. And then that voice from the past that says, okay, you've tried it before. You're not going to make it this time. Why do you think this time is different anyway? Why do you even bother with resolutions? You're never going to be any more than you already are. So just accept it. You'll feel a lot better. Those voices are lies. The real voice is a voice that calls us forward to health and hope and wholeness and salvation. So let the voice of the past be Silenced. Craig Barnes talks about this 
voice from the past that tries to take over our heart and stop us and slow us down. One of those voices comes from the painful past. It calls you to turn your head around and keep focused on your failures or your sins. How could you have done that? The past will keep asking you. Or it may preoccupy you with the failures and sins of others who have hurt you in your past. Either way, the voice from the past makes it impossible to move ahead because it doesn't let you face your future. It doesn't matter how carefully you analyze your shame or how long you nurture your hurts. You're never going to have a better past. The other voice calls out to you from heaven. It invites you to keep moving into the future. No matter how hard you pray, no matter how hard you try, you will never have a better past. So why keep reliving it? The past is the past. The past is the voice that tried to also turn Jesus back. And to that voice, we are invited to say, get behind me. After all, you are behind me. Stay behind me. Stay behind me resentment. Stay behind me bitterness. Stay behind me fear. Stay behind me failure because I'm moving forward and nothing's going to stop me now. Why? Because God is in me. God is in me and I've got a world to change. I've got a life to live. I've got wholeness and healing to offer to those around me. I'm moving forward and will not be deterred and will not be stopped, will not be pushed back. So get back and stay back and stay down. The past is past. The future, that's our life. And that's what that early writer was saying to that early church. Be encouraged, people of God. Know who you are. Know whose you are. Make the most of your lives. Make the most of this opportunity. Use your mind and your hearts to reveal the love and the fullness of Christ. Oh, that's where life is. So stay focused. Use your mind and your heart. Oh, God has given us the tools. We can't do it on our own. We need God's help. But God sure loves our cooperation. <laughs> and we have that capacity Something I reflect on sometimes as I think about us being a community of respect is uh, what would happen if we all got focused at the same time? What if we all found a way to join together, not in uniformity, but in community and energy? What if we took all the different styles and personalities and talents and abilities and linked arms and joined hands to change the world. Oh, if that would happen, our community would be transformed beyond imagining. We would be that community not only of respect, but a community of transformation. We would be a community of hope. We would be a community of life. There would be no stopping us now. If. 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 If every child was fed as well as racehorses bred to win derbies, if every mother buried her parents and not her sons and daughters, if every person who has enough said out loud, I have enough, 
if every person violent in the name of God were to find God, we would grow silent, still for a moment, a lifetime. We would hear infants nursing at the breast, hummingbirds hovering in flight. We would touch a canyon wall and feel the earth vibrate. We would hear two lovers sigh across the ocean. We would watch old wounds grow new flesh and jagged scars disappear. If all those old wounds would grow in new flesh and that new flesh would be a new source of healing and strength. I think what the scripture writer is saying today is that enough ifs. It's time to turn the if into now. Now is the time. Now is the moment. Now is the opportunity to make the most of your life. Now is the time to make the most of your calling. So draw on the strength of your mind. Think powerful thoughts. Think thoughts of the future. Think thoughts of how the world will be if you begin to make choices in the center of God's heart now. If every choice is offered to God, then one choice will lead to another. And a new life will be created in a new world. Oh, turn the if to now. Find that heart place. That heart place that has no limitations. That heart place that's not bound by time. That heart place where you can hear the sighs of lovers across the ocean. That heart place where you look into the eyes of those near you and you see eternity right there. Our mind, our hearts, making the most of who we are and the most of who God is. Truly becoming free, no longer held back, but open, vulnerable yet safe, so real, so true. Oh, God of love and God of grace, we give you total praise today, because where there is praise, there is love, and where there is love, there is no fear. So hear the praise of our lips, hear the praise of our laughter. Hear the praise of our conversation. Hear total praise from us today, but also hear that praise that is silent, that comes from our hearts. Oh, we're in this for you, and you're in this with us. We're not alone. You've given us what we need, and now we move and step and in tune with you. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on us as individuals. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on this, your church. And Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on your world and bring healing and peace and love to all of your creation. And hear the prayers of your people who pray, amen, in worship to you. I will give you all my I will be
my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone I long to worship. You alone are worthy of me. 